Thank you, worship team. We're going to call them back a little earlier today. Uh, the psalm that we're uh, going to study today is Psalms 5, and it's a psalm of lament. It's a psalm of uh, kind of weeping, kind of mourning. Uh, you know, you might say, what's lamenting? Lamenting can be a lot of different things. It's, it's, it's really not... Um, for repentance, although it could be, uh, that would be more of David's uh, Psalm 51, which we talked about last week a little bit, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, O Lord, take not your spirit, your presence away from me, or your anointing, one scripture says. So uh, that's more of a repentance. This is more lamenting. This is okay. It's okay to lament. It's okay to, to weave. It's okay to cry uh, and be a, a believer. I read a, an article this week my numbers could be off just a little bit, but uh, in the NFL, you know, there's, you know, so many hundreds or thousands of players. Uh, Tom Brady is, is, there's 138 NFL players who weren't born the day Tom Brady stepped on an NFL practice field. Think about that for just a second, 130, yet he still has to go to fall camp. He still has to go to practice. And so for some of you who have been in uh, Christ for a long time, you might, ah, maybe I don't really need this message, but maybe you do. Maybe it's good just a refresher, okay? And some of you who are new in Christ, uh, this will be a really good one for you. This will be something that you will take with you. Some of the messages I remember the most uh, from House of Prayer weren't the ones running across the platform. They were just the, the solid, hey, here, this is going to get you through those hard times in your life. I like the song we sang, in your life there will be troubles. I, you know, I, I hate that, don't you? Hey, you're going to have trouble. Oh, no, I want to live the high road. I want to be victorious. You can be. It's already been won for you, but there will be troubles. But take heart, because Jesus has overcome the world. Take heart. I, I think about it. Take heart. Turn to somebody and say, take heart. Take heart, take heart, take heart. And God's, God is for you. If he be for you, there's not a devil in hell that could be against you. All right? So take heart. And so this is going to be, this will be a message that will be a little bit more about lamenting. It will be more teaching. And then we may get a little bit more excited. Uh, you, need to, you need to understand uh, the whole fall camp principle if you're a football player practice. We have to practice these things. We have to walk through these things. We have to, we have to endure. The, the greatest testimonies in my life have, been, have become teaching moments for somebody else. Those are the times when I can tell somebody and they say, Pastor, what you, how, have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. You've been there. So you can teach and tell. Some of you maybe are new in Christ and you haven't been there yet. It's coming. You're going you're gonna, to, trouble's on the way. <laughs> it's going to be there. And just rejoice through it. That's the beauty of it. Praise God through those things and, and watch God work. And so David in Psalm 5 is the king. And it's, it's, it's important to know that even kings walk through troubled times. Kings walk through pain and those things. So he's the king, and he's probably writing this psalm uh, with a harp. He's probably talking about some really th some just personal things. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's, let's read Psalms 5, not reading all the verses. We're going to skip a couple, but they're not, they're not, uh, we're not moving anything from, from the text. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. 
Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Verse 7. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. And that means reverence, by the way. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Verse 11, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your, your mighty word. We thank you, Lord, for your, your mighty blessings. We thank you, Father God, that you look out for us and you watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. David here is lamenting. He's, uh, he may be in some distress. We can lament and should lament uh, and still be a Christ follower. We, we don't have to always have uh, things at the mountaintop. In fact, sometimes if we're over-emotional, we become overdrained. So there's got to be a valley experience, okay? There's got to be a time where we can just walk with the Lord knowing that he's there, kind of a, a rose garden walk. Many of you don't know it, and you can take it for what it's worth. Janie's great-grandmother Lola would walk in the garden, and the Lord would visit her uh, in the daytime. And they would talk, and it was like a literal, like a literal experience, okay? And, 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 and she was learning how to preach, and she was native Cherokee and didn't know how to read or uh, uh, write in English. And so the Lord would come down and just and walk her through some things. And, and, and then uh, she would meet, they would meet like in the garden outside of their house. And it was just a cool experience, and it's a great word, a great testimony we do that in our prayer time. We do that as we walk through life together with the Lord. And so David says in Second uh, Samuel, the uh, 21st, 22nd chapter, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. All right. Now think about that for a second, because David here, again, he's the king. He's already beat Goliath. He's, he's killed lions. He's killed bears. He's, he's won the battle. He's won the victory. But yet he's, there's a distressful time. And, and, and you may walk through some of those times sometimes in your life, okay? There, might be, there may be moments of distress. There may be moments of, of anguish. There may be moments of trouble, like we just got done singing. There might be moments of insecurity. Do I, do I know what's going to happen next? What, what's going to take place? There may be moments like that. And David here says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. There, I'm going to give you six words. You can write them down or get your phone out and take a snapshot of things that David does. All right. So in 1 Samuel, the 20th chapter, David has a problem with Saul and, and uh, he asked Jonathan a couple things. So the first thing he does is he asks, okay? He says, is, is it my fault? Is there something I've done. And again, really briefly, it's okay to ask God, God, why am I walking through this, this trouble or this time? Or why do I feel this way? You could be lamenting and you could be lamenting for somebody else. It's a, it's a, it's a form of intercessory. It's a form of, uh, of just of laying it out before God. Why, why is this taking place? And then you must listen. You must ask. If you're going to ask God, you need to give him time to reply. There, sometimes we'll ask a question and then we hurry up and and quickly answer the question. If we're going to ask God, we need to wait for a response. 
wait for reply. And then we need to speak, and we'll come back to this one in a little bit, but we need to speak life. The power of death and life are in the tongue, all right? And many are those who live by the fruit thereof is the rest of that scripture. And so if we speak death all the time, we are eventually going to encounter death over a situation. If we speak life all the time, we are then eventually going to experience life over that situation. It's, it's very, very simple, but it, we have, it starts somewhere, all right? It starts with speaking. It starts with, with, with calling those things out. And then we need to find someone to agree with. Find, find agreement somewhere. Maybe it could be uh, in your, if you're in a relationship, someone that you're in a relationship with. If, you're, you, know, if you have a, a, a confidant here in church or someone that maybe you have a prayer partner, someone that you have a, a Bible study with, you know, it's good to find agreement. Hey, I'm walking through this area. I'm not sure why I feel this way. Would you agree with me? And again, I'm going to say this. It's not always a bad thing when you walk through a time of mourning or a time of lament or a time of suffering. It may be God just grooming you. It's like, again, these guys going through fall camp in football. Tom Brady, 22 or 23 years, born or actually started playing in the NFL before some of his own teammates were born. He's older than six coaches in the NFL. I mean, he's just, he's an old guy, right? Old at 45, (laughs) Stop laughing. I should be so old. Uh, and still playing at, at a... Qual- Listen, you, you, you've been serving God now for 30 years or 40 years or 20 years. We don't know it all, but we know what it feels like and looks like to maybe go through a time of suffering or a time of trouble or a time of lamenting. Okay, so now I'm going to find someone to agree with me. Me and, me and Janie agree a lot in prayer for different people or for our loved ones or our family members or our friends. We're agreeing together for people, one lady in church or uh, parents of COVID. Or we, 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 we stop. We just stop and agree. We stop and we start to pray. And listen, I feel the heavens open. This is not new, all right? And so when Brady throws a touchdown pass, he expects the receiver to catch it and score a touchdown. This is not new. He's been doing it his whole adult life. So when you're a Christ follower, God expects us to go to battle for each other. He expects us to go to war for one another. He expects us to stand in the gap for each other and be watchmen for our city or our towns or our workplaces. He expects that from us. And so this is nothing new. Find someone, agree with them in prayer, and know that you have that battle that's already won in Jesus' name. Amen? And then rebuke the devourer. It's okay. But listen, we're not rebuking other people. We're rebuking that spirit. The spirit, that stronghold. We're rebuking that, that enemy that causes people to do things, you know. Uh, we're, we're, um, we're from the north, and I don't know about people from the south always, but people from the north, they would just rather throw a punch. Uh, we, we're not going to tell you we love you and not, and not really love you. <laughs> we're just going to hit you. And that's not good. But you can rebuke the spirit in the name of Jesus, right? You rebuke that spirit, okay? And then you form a covenant. You're, who's your form? I form a covenant with God, first of all. Then I form a covenant with those people who, who are going to partner with us. Then we walk together. So this is what David is doing, all right? David, in my distress, he does these things. You can write these down. We don't have them up there. But here's another thought. So one time in 1 Samuel 30, he wept before the Lord, okay? So again, this is a time of lament. 
lament. He's weeping, but he's weeping for a different reason. And then he doesn't get bitter or he doesn't get hurt or offended at God or even the, the men that want to kill him. He just knows that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay in tune. And then he gets a word from God, okay? He gets a word from God. And then he has a vision of success. He has a vision of what it's going to look like when his miracle comes through. What's it going to look like when you get that job or that healing or that miracle? What's it going to look like when you, when you stand in front of the king? I, I care less about this world and more about the other world the older I get. And that's probably commonplace, all right? But I, I, I care, like, okay, I, the, I, I've lived, all right? I, I want to live another 20 or 25 years, but I've lived. But now I, I imagine my vision is standing before the king, seeing the saints that have gone before me, being able just to worship and bow down at Jesus' feet, having felt the presence of God, now being in the presence of God, just the presence of an almighty Savior. And so, so you have to have a vision and then get mad, but don't get mad again that people get mad at the enemy. How dare you, devil, put the sickness on a loved one of mine? How dare you, devil, take a loved one of mine home? No, he didn't. God allowed it to happen because it was that person's time. I, I, I don't get it. A lot of those questions we're not going to be able to answer until we get to the other side. We get to the other side. I don't even know if we're going to ask the questions because we're going to be in God's glory, and that's all that's going to matter. And we're going to see those loved ones again face to face. We're going to be able to talk to them. And then, last but not least, he, he does attack in that particular scripture. He, he attacks. But let me go back to that word or speak. It's important that we understand the power that we have in speaking. I was listening to a thing this past week, and it was such an interesting uh, story on how lions attack their, their prey. And I thought, man, that, that's, that's such the enemy. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said that. And then uh, Paul, uh, Peter says he comes about like a roaring lion. All right, looking whom at he, who he may devour. And you've always heard my story about Sister Jean in third grade. I'd raise my hand, Sister Jean, can I go to the restroom? And she said, I don't know, can you? And like, Sister Jean, can I go to the bathroom? I don't know, can you? Man, I'm about to wet my pants. Sorry for the graphic illustration. Sister Jean, may I go to the bathroom? Yes, you may. Now listen, the devil can only take you if you allow him, if you grant that. Are you with me? So we say we, who, who he may devour because he can only devour you if you allow him to. He, he can't because Jesus technically has already stopped him, okay? And so, but he seeks whom he may devour. And so the, 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 the lion, literally, in the, in, the, in the jungle or in the forest, wherever, he'll go around and about, and he starts to look at his prey. He starts to look at maybe a, a herd of, of antelopes or something, and he, and he starts to pick out one that's maybe tailing behind, one that maybe isn't part of the pack or part of the group, one that's maybe not as strong or as big. And he starts to watch them, and he starts to look at them, and he starts to, he starts to focus, and he he just drains them. He just wears them out. He just, and sometimes the enemy will just wear us out. It's just like, man, get out of here, devil, in Jesus' name. And, and just all, but it's things. And, and, th and then what happens when he finds out who he wants to attack, the lion, he goes for their head. And this is true in our life as well. The enemy can't attack you in your heart if you're a Christ follower, but he tries to put doubt in your head. He tries to put fear in your head. He tries to put unbelief in your head. It's not going to work out. I'm not going to get a job. I've been laid off. I'm not going to get a spouse. I can't get this. My credit's no good. I'm going to be. 
I'm a failure. I'm miserable. I don't know why this is happening to me. And all these doubts. Listen, those negative things are not from God. They're from the enemy. And that, but this is how the enemy works. And so this is the same thing that happens with the lion. So a lion's looking at his, at his prey, and then he attacks the head. But he doesn't kill them that way. More times than not, the lion kills its prey by suffocating its mouth. It can't breathe. And this, again, is what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to take away our voice. He wants to take away our praise to worship. He wants to take away our worship. He wants to take away our prayer. He wants to take away the he, he wants to take away the fact that he knows you're an overcomer. He doesn't want you to declare it. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony and not by loving my life as even unto death. You have to know that you can, you can speak life in every situation that you have. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to do it. I'm just going to shut up. I'm just going to sit and shut up. No, speak life. Don't get mad. Why is it that we are, have an easy time getting mad, but we have a hard time speaking life? We have a much easier time saying why it's not going to work out. So two things that God tells Israel in the Old Testament. One, stop your complaining, all right, in Exodus and, two, and in Numbers 13. And two, stop pointing the finger. Stop, stop showing people or telling, putting the, the, the blame on other people. He says, stop putting the finger of blame on other people and start praising God. Start working in that realm. Why? Because that brings life. Well, David shows us in Psalms 5. I'm going to call back to the worship team or those who are going to help me uh, this morning. Uh, and we're going to dim the lights down. And we're going to practice what it would be like to, to pray uh, a prayer of lament. And you'll see about maybe halfway through, it starts to change. And, and David is, is, is practicing this. And he's also showing us because we believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So he's given this scripture, and he would be, uh, David would be probably praying, and maybe there would be some music in the background. Maybe there would be a harp, or maybe he would have invited some of the choir members of, of the temple to come in and maybe just play a little beat on the drums. Or I'm not saying they have a bass guitar back then, but maybe a big bass. Or maybe they're just, they're just giving some rhythm to it. And all of a sudden, he, he's entering into prayer. And so, so I would say as you enter into prayer on a daily or weekly basis, and if you don't, you should start then, then, then we go into this time where we're almost lamenting before God. And we're, and we're not sorrowful. We're not repentant. It's, not, it's a different time. It's almost a weeping. And, and David is crying out before the Lord because he even says that I cry out before you. So the first thing does David prays. And, and, and you say, oh, I pray. Okay. But when you pray, is it always about you? Is it always about your needs? Is it always about what God, what you need God to do for you? Or are you actually sitting there in a prayer and saying, God, what do you need me to pray about? Who do you need me to pray for? Lord, what, what, what are we doing today? And then David says, I'm going to pray in the morning. In fact, he says it twice. In the morning, I'm going to meet up with you, God. And so David make, is making prayer a priority. He's making a, a time, and, 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 there's, and there's expectation there. It reminds me of the, of the story when Peter's in prison, and, 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 and they're having a prayer meeting over at Mary's house, and, and Rhoda answers the door. 
And, you know, the angel lets Peter out of prison and he, and he goes down to, to Mary's house and he's knocking on the door and Rhoda answers the door and then she slams the door shut. It's like, hey, who was there? Uh, he said his name was Peter. Okay, well, we're praying that Peter gets released. Yeah, it wasn't, though. I think it maybe was an angel that looked like Peter, but it wasn't Peter. Like, they believed a miracle was taking place that an angel who looked like Peter could have been knocking on the door, but we're not going to let them in. But it certainly can't be Peter. Why? Because that's what we're praying for. See, sometimes we pray for things, and we're not even expecting the answer. We're just praying. I would say pray with an expectation that that's the second part. Then Peter, when, when David prays, he believes. He literally believes that God is going to hear his prayer. So you have to believe in your, you, listen, it does, you can pray King James Version. Dear Heavenly Father, oh God, I praise thou that you would hearest me in all my prayers, and God, that you would workest on my behalf. Dear God, I speak these prayers, not by my name, but by your name. Or you can just talk to God. God, I got an issue here. And however you want to pray. I'm not knocking one over the other. Some prayer works. But you need to know that when you pray, like David, he believed that his prayers were heard. God, I'm believing that my prayers are going to be heard. I'm believing that you're going to hear my prayers. God of the universe loves you so much that he will take time out of his day and he will say, my child, what is bothering you? If you'll just pray on a regular basis, again, take the Tom Brady rule, Pastor, this is like we've been doing this for 22 years. So has Brady, but he's the first one at camp. He's the last one to leave. He gets it. And so when we start to pray, we decide it's not about somebody else. It's about me and God. And that will result in somebody else because I'm not here today about me. I'm here today about whoever God wants me to pray about. But I believe, God, that you're going to hear my prayer. And then, yes, through the weeping and through the lamentation, through the lamenting, God, I'm going to understand that you're going to do something here. And yes, if I have a need, you're going to meet that need too, because God wants your needs met. But maybe, just maybe, if there's a weeping that comes over us, it all, all of a sudden becomes a point in time that's, wait a second, why am I having this emotion? Why am I going through this? Because God is infiltrating you with his Holy Spirit, and he wants you to move in dynamic ways. It's like it's like our 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 grandkids. All five of them are special in their own way. And and so Judah was in service today, and he's learning how to clap. Like I'm sure he claps around the house. But here's what he did. Here's what he did. I watched him. He's clapping, and then he looked around to see if his dad was clapping. His dad was clapping, so he's clapping. Listen, church. God listens when you pray. He listens when you pray. Jesus prayed, David prayed, Abraham prayed, Paul prayed. Why wouldn't we pray? Why, why would we think, why would we think that we can just get through life without doing the things that Jesus did or David did or Abraham did or Paul did or everybody else in the scripture did? And by the way, if you read Hebrews 11 chapter, the Faith Hall of Fame, all of those people lamented at some point in time. Every single one of them went through what the world might say is suffering, but they went through a lamenting process because it made them better. It made them who God wanted them to be. David believed that God would hear 
his prayers. Number three, David decided he was going to meditate on the Lord. I'm going to meditate. In fact, he, he says it in verse number 11. Or no, he says it in verse number eight. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. I've got some enemies out there, God, David is saying. I've got, and maybe you do too. I've got some enemies out there. And maybe they're even self-imposed enemies. Maybe they're even people that, 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 I've, that I've turned wrong or I've done something against. Or maybe they're people that just don't like you because of the way you look or you're a Christ follower. I've got some enemies, God, but you lead me. You make my way straight. He says, when I come into the house of the Lord, when I come into your holy temple, I'm going to bow down. That's a, a position of worship. That's a position of praise. I'm going to bow down. I'm going to show you, God, that it's not about me. It's all about you. I don't care if I like the song or the music or the preaching or the teaching. God, I just want to get in your presence. And you said, God, you said. You said where two or three shall gather together in your name. Here, there you are. So God's here. Now I'm going to get in there. I'm going to meditate. And we, we've, we've, uh, we've turned meditation over to some kind of Eastern religion. No, meditation is good. Just wait on God. See, we, we, we love it. We love it when our prayers are answered quickly, like it's fast drive through God, I need you to answer this right away because I'm in a hurry. And God's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson, son. <laughs> this one may not be answered for 40 years. Really? God, I can't wait 40 years. Why? Well, because I'm busy. Like God doesn't know you're busy and God's not busy. God may just want us to wait. I don't know why. We just have to meditate on the Lord. We're just going to, ah. You know, just like, hey, take a walk with God. Go, go find a hiking trail, find a beach somewhere, go to a rock, walk around a lake. There, there's a lake up at Blowing Rock. Jenny and I just like to walk around and we'll talk and sometimes we don't say a lot. We just, we're just meditating. You just, you just gotta meditate on God. You just gotta meditate on God. Stop thinking about your problems and start meditating on who God is. God, you're the problem solver. God, you're the deliverer. God, you're the righteous one. God, you're my God of hope. You're my God of, of victory. You're my God of life. You're, you're my God of joy. God, you, God I'm going to meditate on you, but that, here's why. And then, and then what happens is, is this, we sang it, but then David says, you're my refuge. He becomes David's refuge then. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a part there that, that God is just looking. I think we have that up there. David is our refuge and, and, it's, and, and when we walk through that, you know, refuge is a safe place. Uh, Janie always made our home a safe place for our kids. It just, you know, she, she was there. And I understand uh, working parents and all that, so don't, don't get me wrong. But in our particular case, uh, we made a choice that she would just stay home and, and the, the kids would come home and they, they, it was a safe place. It's a refuge. A church should be a safe place for people. It should be a refuge, okay? It should be a place where people can come in with their issues, their hangups, their habits, their hiccups, all those things, and not be judged but be helped, but to look at someone. So David, David says, God, you are my refuge. And if you don't have that, then God should be your refuge. God, if you can't find God anywhere else, you just say, God, you are my, you are my refuge. And, and, and David says that, look at what happens here. But he says, but, everybody say, but. Say it one more time, but. Say it one more time, but. Say it one more time, but. But, say it one more time, but. See, but God. We, we, we forgot that we have the trump card. 
we forgot we have the ace of spades. We forgot we have the lottery ticket. He says, but God, you let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Listen to that. Listen. Now all of a sudden there's like a, there's an uptick. There, there's an upbeat. Now, now I go from lamenting to rejoicing. Now I, now it's not me crying. Now it's me standing in victory. Now it's a devil. You had me down, but you don't have me down anymore. Now I stand with my arms raised high and say, God, my situation hasn't changed, but I have because I take refuge in you. I take refuge that you're my God. You're my creator. You own me. You're the, you're the risen Savior. You are the chosen one. You are my refuge, God. I have to rejoice in you. I have to praise you. I have to love you. I have to glorify your name. Why? It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what you've already done. You are my refuge. I'm rejoicing. And then that, and that music that's taking place in the heavenlies, it changes. It, it, it moves from lamenting to all of a sudden now I can start to praise before I even get my breakthrough. I can start to glorify God. And he, said, he says, wait a second. He says, wait a second. Be because of that, then I'm going to let them sing over you in my joy. I'm going to now, not only rejoicing, I'm going to give you joy. Now, wait a second. I thought you had this illness or sickness. I thought your relationship broke up. I thought you lost your job. I thought you lost your business. I thought, I thought everything was just going to hell in a handbasket. And you are praising God in the middle of the auditorium. You are giving God glory. You are rejoicing over your situation. Are you kidding me? Yes, because I know who owns cattle on a thousand hills, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he loves me, and he loves you, and he cares for me, and he cares for you. He's my refuge, and because of that, then David says, wait a second, God blesses the righteous. God bless. Wait a second, no, I'm, I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not, Pastor, you don't know what I did this week. It's not your righteous anyway. Jehovah said, Canoe is righteousness over you. It's his right. When God looks down, he doesn't look at what you did. He sees his son's blood covering you. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ covering you. But, but do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. You're a child of the living God. You have the authority and the right to walk in the goodness of God. You've been called a son and a daughter of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. Yeah, I know who you are. Sure I do. You're a Christ follower. You're one of his chosen people. You're a special treasure in the eyes of God. God blesses those who walk in his right. David's changed tunes now. He went from lamenting, which is good. You need that. To rejoicing, which is even better. You want that. Because now the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. Like Amanda said it, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to trade those sorrows for joy. I'm trading my weep, weeping for gladness. I'm trading these lamenting. That's good. I need to lament. But now I'm trading it for the joy of the Lord. Why? Because he gives me that strength. And then he says this very last thing. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as a shield. He covers us. God covers us. Now think about that. I, I like when little kids are, are tucked in. There's something about mom or dad covering them, kind of tucking their, their covers in. There's something, there's something that feels secure about that. 
So, you know, you go in and maybe a parent will say a little prayer with their child or grandparent with a with the grandchild. They'll, they'll tuck them in and, okay, they give them a little kiss on the forehead. Now, let's say a prayer before we go to bed. And that there's a security there. And David here says he covers you with his favor as it was a shield. Church, we got this thing licked. We're on the winning team and some of us don't even know it. We're walking around in depression and we're walking in anxiety and we're walking around in fear. And I'm not going to discount that because I have been all those things. But once I realize that there may be some weeping in my life, there may be some lamenting, and yes, I might be interceding for some other people, but at some point in time, that switch is going to flip and joy is going to come in, and I'm going to be able to stand and rejoice to God Almighty and say, God, I love it just the way things are because you are in charge of every situation in my life. Stand with me right where you're at today. Come on, church. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing one more song, and, and we're going to have an opportunity if you want. You can come to the altar. You can pray. You can lament. You can rejoice at your seat, whatever season you're in, winter, spring, summer, fall, right? We, we love spring and fall, don't we? Love it. Man, it's cool outside, pretty flowers, great colors in the tree. Love it, man. Give me, give me a 68-degree day every day, and we'll just have 4 million people in Hickory. Because everybody will want to move here. But we don't like those 18-degree mornings on a, on a cold winter two weeks in January. We hate it when it hits 90 degrees. We're a little spoiled. Oh, it's been so hot, and it has been hot. But that, that heat provides the harvest. That cold kills the insects for a new crop. We have to have some lamenting in our life so that we can understand the joy. So we don't fake the joy, we experience the joy. Raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so. I'm going to open the altars and you can come pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to worship. God, I need you to praise today. I need you to pray today. I need you to worship today. I need you to understand that this thing is serious and we have to be authentic before God. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you hear our cry? Would you hear our hearts? Would you hear us, Father, as we both lament before you, but also worship before you and praise before you and glorify your name. Father, we need you and your presence, not only in our lives, our families, our communities, but in this world today. Help us, Father, to seek after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come and worship? Would you come and lament? Would you come and pray with us together today? God bless you.
says that I will sing because I trust you. I don't know if you're looking at the Psalms this summer, maybe you're reading the summer in the Psalms, but have you noticed how many times David or the psalmist says that you are my defender, you are my refuge, my God in whom I will trust, you are my strong tower. It's over and over and over and over throughout the Psalms. And many of those times when it's written, it's not after David just won a battle. It's before he goes into battle. Because it's easy to give God praise when you've got the victory. But what I want to tell you today is that we need to praise God before we go into battle. Amen? That's when it's challenging. That's when we need to know. But listen to this, because we are in Christ, we already have the victory. Jesus has taken it all on the cross. He's given us the victory. We are on the winning side. So today, as we close in prayer, I just want us to praise God one more time. Praise Him before the breakthrough. Amen? If you're going through something today, if it's financial, it's, if it's relational, if it's spiritual, whatever it is, I want you to know that you can begin to God, praise God now, even in Thanksgiving. You can say it like this. Uh, like my son Judah, he doesn't always get his pretense and his past tense and all that stuff correct. He says, when I was a big kid, I can watch that show. Because <laughs> he can't always watch all the shows because he's not a big kid yet. But he says, when I was a big kid, I can watch that show. What he, what, what he means to say is, when I become a big kid, I can watch that show. But what I want you to do today is declare, God, I have the victory. I am healed. I have overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, because Jesus died on the cross, I may not be free from that addiction today. I may not see my marriage just recovered right now, but I can praise God and say, God, thank you that I am healed. Thank you that I am restored. Thank you, God, that I have been set free. Thank you, God, that my finances are in order. Thank you, God, that you have made a breakthrough. Thank you, God, that you've made a way where there seems to be no way. You can call it out, call those things that are not as though they are. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time. Lord, I thank you for every person here today. God, I ask that you bless them. You are our defender, our strong tower. You are the God in whom we will trust. Lord, we're not putting our trust in anything else or in anyone else, but we put our trust and our hope in you alone because you are our refuge and our strength. So God, I pray that you bless each person here today, that you restore their finances, that you restore their health. God, that you restore their marriages. God, you are the God of the breakthrough. So we praise you today. We worship you even before we see it. God, we say thank you that it is finished. It is already done. God, I ask that you'd go before each person here today, that you'd bless them in the city, bless them in the field, bless them when they come and bless them when they go. God, I pray that you'd make every crooked place straight that they'd go before. Lord, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit to do the work that you have called them to do, that you'd meet every need in this year place today. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you came with a special need today, feel free to come forward. There's someone that's going to meet with you. If you have a healing need or if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, we welcome you. Otherwise, we love you. We thank you so much for being here today, and we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.
Thank you for joining us for today's service. 